We acknowledge the Wajak people and the wider Noongar community on whose lands we sit today and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. I dedicate any merit of this talk to those who wanted to be here with us but couldn't make it and also to all our families and loved ones back home. I'd like to thank Ross Bolteroshi for inviting me to give a talk. So here we are at Seshin. Um, probably sometime in the last couple of days or maybe right now you're wondering what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? How did I get myself into this again? Racing heart, anxiousness, fear, or excitement. I read that according to one psychological theory of humans and other animals, some types of fear are not learned but are genetic, ingrained. They are there by default. We don't have to have something bad happen to us for them to be present. We don't have to be conditioned to the fear. They are just there. This seems to me to relate to the idea of greed, hatred and ignorance rising endlessly. Fear here is a type of hatred, I think. Hatred of what is present, a desire to move away from it, to push it away. Here we are in this new place, for most of us, or at least a place we haven't been in a long time. It's unfamiliar, it's strange. We're away from the safety of our familiar places, so we're a little bit anxious. Is this a safe place? Will I be all right? Are there any dangers here? These are normal biological anxieties, I think, of physical danger, protecting ourselves, staying safe. And one purpose of our forms and procedures is to help with that. We sit here and keep on sitting here and the form of the dojo stays the same. The form of the round repeats, the form of kinhin repeats, and meals and naps and sleep. Even though each moment is new and not like the others, we get to let go into the rhythm and see that everything is fine, that we are okay, and we get to let go into our practice. I'd like to read a version of a letter I wrote to myself a few years ago. Uh, I wrote this when I was young and full of optimism. Today I am addressing it to everyone. This is just one perspective. This is what I'm about to say is just one perspective of Session. None of this might actually happen. 
maybe it never happened. <laughs> I imagine it happened. My dear, beloved, and noble Bodhisattva. Yes, you want to go to Seshin. Yes, you really do. You will be tired and scared and anxious. There will be familiar faces and new ones. There will be a moment sometime that will be still and beautiful. Maybe there might be a day with several of these moments. If it is spring, there will be delicious cold mornings in bare feet. If it is summer, there will be constant sweat. You will have pieces of yourself drop away. You will see at least one person with you in a new light. You will see yourself in a new light. You will be different. Something that you thought impossible will happen. You will be reminded of your nobility, of your dignity. You will find yourself revolting. You will be ashamed. You will not be able to stop thinking and daydreaming. You will feel you are wasting your time. You will feel your posture is no good. You will do others wrong and feel awful about it. Your selfishness will stink at you like an open sewer. It will seem too hard. It will feel impossible. You will be convinced this path is not for you. Suddenly there will be a tiny kindness when you need it. A bird will come to see you. A green fly will walk on your forearm and tell you, you are beautiful. An ant will explore your foot but not bite you. A tree will give you a gift. You will cry sadness and cry joy. You will have not brought enough tissues. It will be over too soon. Ross suggested it would be good to talk about posture and I thought it would be good and auspicious to hear from Robert Aitken Roshi from Taking the Path of Zen, Chapter 2, Method. So I'm going to quote at length and then occasionally interrupt. I've heard that someone asked Sasaki Joshu Roshi what of Zen is necessary to preserve? He replied, posture and the breathing. So this is Robert Aitken now. He replied, posture and the breathing. I think I might say simply, posture. Posture is the form of Zazen. To avoid fatigue and to permit consciousness to settle, legs, seat and spine should support the body. If strain is thrown on the muscles and tendons of the back and neck, it will be impossible to continue the practice beyond a short period. 
we may take our model from the posture of a one-year-old baby. The child sits bolt upright with spine curving forward slightly at the waist rather than sticking straight up and down. The belly sticks out in front while the rear sticks out behind. Sitting with the spine completely straight at this age would be impossible as the muscles are still undeveloped, too weak to hold the body erect. Curve forward, the vertebra are locked into their strongest position and the child can forget about staying erect. I wonder who the child is in that story. When you take your seat on your cushions or on a chair, your spine should curve forward slightly at the waist like a baby's. Your belt should be loose and your stomach be allowed to hang out naturally while your posterior is thrust back for solid support. Katsuki Sakida, former resident advisor to the Diamond Sangha, once sent out New Year's cards with the greeting, Belly Forward, Buttocks Back. This is how we should greet the new year or the new day and greet the new moment. If the spine is correctly positioned, then all else follows naturally. Head is up, perhaps bent forward very slightly. Chin is in, ears are on line with the shoulders, and shoulders are on line with the hips. So there's something that I do sometimes that seems to work for my body. Um, don't don't do this if you've got if you've got um, sore neck or if you're in any way uncomfortable. But because um, I don't always, my head doesn't always feel like it's in the right place. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> does it ever? So <laughs> um, just I'm tilting my head up to look at the ceiling, and then only lowering, tilting just the very top of the, the very top vertebra, tilting back down. Something about looking up to the ceiling and then afterwards it just feels like my head is centered. Um, well, the, so there's different different postures to, for your legs. On the Zafu, uh, the half lotus with the right leg on top, or the half lotus with the left leg on top, or Burmese. the right leg in front or Burmese with the left leg in front Caesar 
on the cushion or on a kneeling pad, uh, sitting on a chair, or if you need to lie down, Get the jisha to help. Um, a small, small pillow under your head. And you can do... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, jisha. Uh, you can still do the zazen mudra on your chest. I just mentioned those because it's great to be able to change it up during session because each one puts slightly different pressure into different places. So, and each one has different demands. Um, and if you can, I <laughs> swap. Swap positions before you have to. Maybe don't wait too long. In session, maybe at more than other times, we begin to feel each other's pain. So looking after yourself is caring for others. Robert Aitken goes on, all these suggestions about leg positions should be taken as guidelines, not as rules. Do the best you can and no more will be asked. One of our members at the Maui Zendo did a full seven day session flat on her back. She had ruptured a disc and could not even sit up without assistance. Daito Kokushi, great master of early Japanese Zen, had a withered leg and could not sit in any of the conventional ways. He also says, a yoga teacher advised me that people should be careful to support their knees with their hands when placing their legs in position for zazen and when unfolding them at the end of a period. This is cogent advice, the knees are comparatively weak joints. Eyes and hands, your eyes should be about two-thirds closed, cast down, looking at a point about three feet ahead of you. It should be remembered that if your eyes are closed, you may become dreamy. If your eyes are wide open, you will be too easily distracted. Also, don't try to keep your eyes focused. After a while, you will find that they naturally go out of focus whenever you sit. I also really love the direction to keep the lips and teeth closed. I find when I'm starting to drift, my jaw starts drifting. 
And then place your hands in your lap in the meditation mudra. And I'd like to acknowledge the words and advice that we've been given from our teachers that it can be a great advantage to use a towel or a blanket in the lap to sit the hands on so that no pressure is put on the neck or back holding up the arms. If you haven't tried it, maybe see if you like it. Your left hand should rest palm upward on the palm of your right hand and your thumbs should... This is Robert Aitken again. And your thumbs should touch, forming an oval. It is said technically that it is the tips of your thumbnails that should touch. Your hands should rest in your lap, just touching your belly, and your elbows should project a little. Some Zen teachers suggest that you imagine you are holding a precious jewel in your hands. Others suggest that you place your attention there. In any case, the hand position is critically important for it reflects the condition of your mind. If your mind is taut, your thumbs will hold the oval. If your mind becomes dull or strays into fantasy, your thumbs will tend to collapse. When you sit down, Place your feet in position, lean far forward, thrust your posterior back, and sit up. Next, take a deep, silent breath and hold it. Then exhale slowly and silently all the way out and hold it. Breathe in deeply again and hold it, and all the way out once more. You may do this through the mouth, but note that at all other times you should breathe through the nose. These two deep inhalations and exhalations help to cut the continuity of your mental activity and to quiet the mind for Zazen. Now we rock side to side, widely at first, then in decreasing arcs. Lean forward and back in the same way. You will find that you are well settled and ready to begin. And then at the end of the round, you can rock a little side to side. Maybe use your hands to help support your knees as you come out of position and stand up. Take care if your foot has gone to sleep. Wait until you can stand safely. talking again so the um, there's, there's, when you first sit down 
there's, the opportun- there's an opportunity. <laughs> or how do I how do I sit down? So maybe maybe you don't have to do it the same every time. <laughs> um, maybe you can try try different different styles um, to see if, if that if that feels better or lets you rest. Uh, a, a muscle that's sore and the same way as you get up how do you how do you stand up another so there's a <clears throat> there's a a stretch if you have a sore lower back, which you can do in the breaks where you pull your knees gently into your chest and your back remains flat on the floor. <clears throat> but that looks a little bit silly in the dojo. Um, so, but once you've sat down, you're in a similar kind of position. So I, again, don't do this if you don't, if it doesn't feel right. But I, I notice, I feel for myself that doing this, gives me some of that same relief, and and then the jiki hits the clappers, and you're ready to start the round. Going back to Robert Aitken, Roshi, talking about breath counting. To begin your breath counting, count one for the inhalation, two for the exhalation, and so on, up to ten, and repeat. You will find that breath counting, you will find breath counting to be a useful means throughout your life in Zen training. Whatever your practice becomes later on, you should count your breaths from one to ten, one or two sequences at the start of each new period of Zazen. It will help you to settle down and will serve to remind you that you are not just sitting there, but sitting with a particular practice. At best, you become one with your object in Zazen. So if you merely sit with a focus, you tend to close off your potential. You and your object remain two things. Become each point, each number in the sequence of counting. You and the count and the breath are all of a piece in this moment. Invest yourself in each number. There is only one in the whole universe. Only to in the whole universe. Just that single point, everything else is dark. At first, as a beginner, you will be conscious of each step in the procedure, but eventually you will become the procedure itself. The practice will do the practice. It takes time 
and for months perhaps you will seem to spend your time dreaming rather than counting. This is normal. Your brain secretes thoughts as your stomach secretes pepsin. Don't condemn yourself for this normal condition. <laughs>